study. We did not get to finish last week, hopefully we will, about the leper. Cleansing of the leper. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Remember that Jesus is coming down off the mountain. And this leper comes to him. He's just been teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And in chapter 8, he says, And he had come down from the mountain. Great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and bowed down to him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, a lot in that little phrase there, isn't it? Lord, if you are willing, and then you can heal me, right? You can make me clean bowing down before him and he stretched out his hand Jesus did and touched him unheard of a leper deadly disease and he said I am willing be cleansed and immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one. Now this sounds really odd. See that you tell no one what has just happened. But he goes on, he says, But go first and show yourself to the priest. Present the offering that Moses commanded for a testimony to them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we come before you, we want to thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for the music. Thank you for Susan and, and Lord, her willingness to uh, share with us that song. And I just praise your name for it. Thank you for earlier uh, the choir and the special there and tank leading them. And Lord, now we just ask that uh, you take this time of the service and you uh, take your message, your word. And I just pray that uh, you be lifted up. That's all I ask, God, that you be lifted up. Because as you are lifted up, I know that you're able to do your work as you're lifted up before us in each of our lives. And I pray that our hearts and our minds will allow you to be lifted up today. That your grace and its sufficiency will be able to do the work that you so desire to do. And I pray that our lives will be changed touched in a very special way by you whether it's for salvation whether it's as a believer uh, seeking and uh, allowing you to give us direction for correction conviction in some area for encouragement whatever it might be God may we allow you to do the work that you so desire to do in our lives that we might be blessed by you and Lord, that we might be strengthened by you as we leave this place in obedience to you in whatever way you've spoken to us to do the things you would have us to do. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as we look at this, you know, here we come to the scene. And the scene is so very important as I shared with you last night. Uh, the... Um, this is where we have the leper approaching Jesus for help. And it's so very important because 
The first point that we looked at last week was coming to God with a desperate need requires what? It requires recognizing Jesus as a person with the ultimate authority to help him. And that's what he did. The leper comes to Jesus and he comes to, uh, you know, uh, to all the crowds around him and, and he comes within them. And, and usually a leper was to stay away on the other side of the street and, and to holler if people around him, unclean, unclean. But here he takes the willingness to come to Jesus because he had heard and, and uh, uh, maybe even seen things uh, that Jesus had done previously. And so uh, the request that he offers here uh, to Jesus is uh, it centers on Jesus' willingness to heal. And it's not on his capability to heal. In other words, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. You know, here he's not saying, Lord, uh, if you're able to, it's if you're willing to. It's not on this capability. And so uh, as we look at this, he, he's just sure, and, and uh, the original language puts it in this way. Uh, it, it, it's a third-class condition type of form, and it, it presents it before uh, us as though, uh, you know, the leper is not sure what Jesus might do at this time, at this point. And... Uh, the reference to healing places not only an emphasis on the physical, but even deeper, the spiritual here, the cleansing. Over the, that's the main point over the entire event. Now, what does that tell us? Well, this man did not, first of all, demand that God heal him. We can learn a lot from him because I think all of us want to go to the point where we the, you know, at times we, we beg for God or, or we expect God to do something. And if he doesn't do it, then we get discouraged. And that's exactly what Satan wants. And we expect him to do it a certain way at a certain time. And if he doesn't, then it discourages us and maybe even causes us to doubt God and his goodness in our walk with him. And so we need to be very careful about this. And, and this man did not demand that God heal him. And, uh, you know, he, uh, we are presuming on God when we demand him to heal us. We're putting ourselves in the position of sovereignty and making God our servant, our bellhop, if you will, our little genie. Uh, you know, if you just have enough faith, then he's going to heal you. Well, that's not true. And there are times... And it is uh, within the Lord's sovereign purpose to heal. We know that. We're not saying that he doesn't heal. But we don't demand, we don't tell God what to do. We ask him, right? And we ask him in faith. And the leopard is healed here, but it was by Jesus' choice and his initiative. Not ours or anyone else's. And is it very important that we understand his sovereignty here? And uh, Satan would like for us to believe that God should do what we request of him. Because, as I said earlier, when, we, when he doesn't answer our requests the way that we desire him to, uh, it causes us to lose faith a lot of times, and it causes us to doubt God and his goodness. 
You know, uh, God uh, can't afford to give us everything we desire because it's his sovereignty that's involved, his will, and not our wants and our ability to make him do whatever we want. So the leper was correct in saying that God could heal him if he chose to. Now, it's not correct to say that God or Jesus must heal because he has the power to heal. What is correct to say is that Jesus can heal us if our healing is part of his sovereign purpose. And we, we see this throughout the Bible. You remember the story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were put in, in the fiery furnace. And what did they say? They say, uh, what God is, you know, he said, what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? And what did they say? They said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Uh, but if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods. In other words, if he determines it not to be so. So this is a pro proper understanding of God's sovereignty in relation to his, uh, his power uh, to deliver us from a trial of fire or a trial by disease or uh, trouble or whatever it might be or not. But if you will notice, the leper did not ask to be healed from leprosy either. That is, a, that is not the verb here. He asked to be cleansed of leprosy. And there is a big difference. If we're asking to be healed of something, then there is a big difference from being healed and being cleansed of it. When you're sick and you go to the doctor, you don't ask them to cleanse you from a virus, do you? You ask him to heal you. Give me some medication. I want to be well. And so, uh, you, you, you know, you want to be cured. And the leper came to him wanting to be cleansed of leprosy. People died of leprosy. And they looked at, at, upon it as a curse from God for the most part. And so this man comes to Jesus and bows down to him and calls him Lord. And that's very important because, you know, it, uh, he, is he uh, recognizing him as deity? No, he's recognizing him as someone who has authority. But uh, Lord, during that time, a lot of people bowed down to others uh, because of royalty or nobility or, or greatness. And this man saw that in Jesus and more. Now, uh, he... You know, he bowed down in, in, a, you know, in great respect. And he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And I believe that the leper is, is making an amazing proof claim here by what he said. Whether he realized all that he was saying or not. He's not putting this in a hypothetical situation. I think it might be possible. I think from what I have heard about you and what I've seen that it might happen that you could help me. This is not what he's saying. When the leper does, what the leper does is to make an amazing proof claim. He makes a positive affirmation. He's not a theologian, some person that's of great knowledge. Instead, he is a person who many think has been cursed by God because of this disease. 
But this man recognizes something about Jesus that many others didn't recognize at that time. When he comes to the Lord, he recognizes him as one of authority. He does not make a request in the sense uh, of maybe uh, or hope so. He put it in the immediate terms of the Lord's will. If you are willing, he's for affirming whatever the Lord wills will happen. And it is there, uh, you know, is, is, is there anyone, is there anyone that we know of that we can go to uh, who will, can simply make things happen by their will? This man knew that Jesus could. Leprosy was not just medical. As I said, it was theological and spiritual as far as the Pharisees and others were concerned. It was not just a, a medical condition, but a disease that had a divine curse, or so they thought. And what can uh, receive or relieve him of this curse? Just imagine, here are the disciples, they've been listening to the Lord on the mount. Here they come down the mountain. He's been teaching these great truths, and before that, he's been performing miracles. And just imagine the crowd who has just come down from the mountain, hearing what he's just said, taught about the kingdom of God, thinking, well, what will he do here? What will he do here? And the leper doesn't wonder what he'll do here. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This is an amazing proof. And, and the electricity that must have been there. Just waiting to see, okay, what's going to happen here? Which leads us to the next point. Not only coming to God with a desperate need requires recognizing Jesus as a person with the ultimate authority to help him. I mean, people today, there's no other way. There's no other God. If you're not going to recognize Jesus, now I'm not talking about medical people, if you've got a medical condition helping you and all this. I'm, I'm talking about spiritual. I mean, you're not going to get it through any uh, meditation or anything else. That may be relaxing in some ways. But it's not going to give you the answer. It can't give you the answer. There is only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. It's got to be with Jesus. And so the first thing is recognizing Jesus as a person with the ultimate authority to help you. It's not some other man helping you. We're so independent today, aren't we? And we're so self-sufficient today that a lot of times we think that we can work everything out, right? That we can do everything. Or that somebody else, and we, we put a lot of faith in them. And maybe they can help, and maybe God can use them to help you. Like with medicine and doctors, yeah, we, you know, we see that all the time, and miracles happening through that, people getting well. But that should not be the ultimate authority, Right? It's got to be Jesus. But recognizing it is one thing. 
acting upon it with faith is another. You see, coming to God with a desperate needs involves faith on our part. People, we've got to have that. The plea from the leper suggests his faith in Jesus was strong. Just because Jesus' authority over diseases is exercised sovereignly does not mean that faith plays no part in the process. Even with salvation, for by grace are you saved through faith. So God still, you know, uh, he, he responds to our faith. He's made it that way. He wants it to be that way because he wants us to participate in it. Now, we don't make that decision on our own, do we? God's in the working. God's in, in the movement. The Holy Spirit is dealing with us. But he still expects us. He gives us that opportunity to operate by faith. We just need to be very careful not to make the mistake of saying faith becomes the way we maneuver God into doing what we demand him to do. That we need to be very careful in not doing. Faith to become the way we maneuver God into doing what we demand him to do. We're not in charge. Faith just brings us to the person and the source that is in charge and that can take care of. And this is what the leper knew. We must believe that God can heal and deliver. You don't just get saved by osmosis, do you? You get saved by having your eyes open to the truth and believing. So, you know, uh, if we say that I don't have the faith needed or that we are really, you know... You know, I don't, I just can't trust enough. Then we're putting it in trust. Do you see that? And not the source. We are really, what we're really doing is calling into question the integrity of God's character and the validity of our own faith that he's given us. If you don't come in faith, then you don't believe. And unbelief breeds what? Pessimism disobedience and despair if we're in this world as we'll be looking at tonight uh, you know a, a fool says in his heart that there is what no God and we're living in despair if we're out there and it, a person that is out there and without God and do not or does not believe in God and does not care to believe in God they're living in pessimism and despair and disobedience. One theme throughout Matthew 8 through 9 is that of helplessness. He was helpless. All these people were helpless to address their own needs, just like him. All of them needed someone outside themselves to help them. We do also. In chapters 8 through 9, Matthew uh, he uh, uses the word faith and believe. And, and they're from the same root word, pistuo. And uh, faith is the mature attitude that comes to uh, our helplessness and seeks help from God. 
when we're reaching out to God. This man with leprosy was touched and healed by Jesus. It says he stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing. Jesus says, be cleansed. And immediately his, his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus healed this man without any delay or uh, any other thing involved. Jesus healed him there on the spot immediately. He healed the blind man in, in Mark 8:22 by uh, using saliva. Another time Jesus used clay to heal uh, a, a blind man. And, you know, he, he may not always operate in the same way, but he does it. When he heals you, it's immediate. I mean, it, it, takes, it, you know, it, it takes care of everything. We don't go through salvation through works, do, you, do we? It's not a progress, although we serve and are obedient after we're saved but salvation is instantaneous it's not okay a little bit here a little bit there and hopefully one day I'm going to get there it's all there all inclusive when we come by faith to Jesus helplessly and receiving him as our Lord and Savior in all the cases as far as God is concerned it is immediate and complete in his eyes he uses time and doctors and and medicine sometimes for a reason whether it is instantaneous or with medicine and uh, treatments God is still sovereign and it is his authority that makes it happen we are wrong to think that God doesn't intervene in an instantaneous miraculous way at times like he did here and so Jesus it's the same today as he was yesterday. He still heals. And if he so desires to heal that way, he will. But he'll heal some other way if he so wills to and desires to. And God allows disease for a number of reasons. But they come under the banner of his sovereign will and purpose. Even though God allows disease, it's still not doesn't mean that he doesn't care for us and he doesn't want the best for us his touch concerning the person with leprosy shows us that he cares and sometimes his sovereign purpose is revealed and sometimes it's not and there we must put our faith in him knowing that he is sovereign and it's not us who is sovereign we know that the miracles Jesus performed in Matthew demonstrated the power of the king. So, if you will. But then, Jesus says, I am willing to cleanse you. And when God does a work in our lives, we should want to share it. Or when the need is met, obedience is required either way or both of them those two should be involved you know there's many reasons why he said not to share it Jesus uh, uh, wants him to be silent one person said until he is officially declared to be cleaned another point was Jesus wishes to prevent the leper from becoming proud Another one was Jesus wishes to prevent the priests from hearing about the healing early and thus stopping the lepers' return to society. In other words, preventing them to 
know that he had been healed and didn't want Jesus, uh, you know, and, and uh, the news about him going about. And then fourth, Jesus wishes to prevent excessive popular excitement as a result of his healing ministry. And then five and six, it so shows Jesus' humility. And six, Jesus wants to avoid having to offer himself to be ritually cleansed for touching the leper. I think two and four probably are the best, especially um, he wants him to be silent until he is officially uh, declared to be clean. Why? Because he doesn't want to be recognized as a medicine man. He wanted the miracles to be pointing to his divine authority. And if, they, if it was announced and everybody just kept on coming, then they just kept on coming for him just to heal them and not to see the divine message behind it. And, and the fourth one, Jesus wishes to prevent excessive popularity and excitement as a result of his healing. That goes along with it too. In other words, they'll just, the crowds will just keep on coming and, and prevent him from getting across the message that he was to get across and going to the cross and for the purpose that he was to go to. And so the healing of the physical infirmities is only a pointer to two things, and that is the lordship and that he brings the cleansing of the soul. Jesus does not want his true reason for coming to be overshadowed by the immediate the physical healing he does this to point to the greater healing that will come this is not jesus being a medicine man he has come in town to cure all the physical disease he's come to heal those who are spiritually sick and to do the work of the lord and to do that then he had to go to the cross does he not want the man to be excited? No, that's not the purpose of him not coming. The purpose are not going out and sharing. The purpose was to be in timing and not for it to be a distraction from, but an addition for. And so, in turn, he knew what would happen and how the people were thinking if the word got out prematurely. And he wanted him to go and go through the proper process and for the priest to hear about it also because they knew where divine healing came from. Jesus did not come just to heal, just to be a medicine man or whatever a person might think about. He wasn't just another miracle person, performing person. The miracles were not for making him popular as a healer. The miracles were to demonstrate his power and authority as the son of David, the Messiah King. You see, we don't, want to, we don't need to draw attention to ourselves. We don't need to draw uh, the wrong kind of attention to the Lord either. And we can do it as believers. Be excited by demonstrating who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. But do it correctly. 
You say, what, what are you talking about, Mike? Well, let me close with this. Don't we, many times, if we're not careful, put more emphasis on the emotional? Nothing wrong with the emotional. I think that if it stemmed from true worship, that's great. But when we do that, and we cause all this stuff to be directed to us, then who is really getting the glory? Or if we're all, all of us, that's all we're wanting is all of it to be directed to us. Then what are we doing? Why did you come to worship today? Just to get something? Sure, you're going to get something if you worship the Lord correctly, right? But to worship the Lord correctly, you've got to come with number one desire. And that is come before Lord, the sovereign God, and say, God, you're awesome. Man, this week, why do we come from a week of work? We come together to share, yes, to be touched by God and spoken to by God. But because we've had time with him during the week, we haven't taken a break, I hope, from having time with him every day. But we come and we say, God, man, I've gone through some troubles, but now, Lord, I may not have seen that time, but I see what you were doing as God speaks to you. Or you may come because of what you saw happen during the week. And you lift him up. And, and we all begin to lift him up. And excitement begins to fill not only our heart, but the heart and lives of all, all around. Because they see that you really mean what you're professing in worship. And boy, it just encouraged. And somebody may come in depressed and discouraged and down and out. And then all of a sudden, we're touching their life with our love and our grace that God's bestowed upon us and given to us to share with other people through worship. And we're bringing them into that joy and praying for them and God is speaking to their heart and dealing with them. And he's being glorified through it all. And we can just go on and on and on. But it's him that we should be concerned about most. And foremost when we come into worship. And then let him deal with whatever's going on in our life. As we participate in it. Let's bow our heads in prayer.